Haere maha, mahue maha. Go forward and go back. E nā hau e whao te motu nau mai hare mai ki te whare nei a te ahikā. Ko Maraia Rakuraku ahau. Ko Justin Murray tēnei, ai whakapiri mai whakatata mai ki ngā kōrero e whai ake nei. It may be New Zealand Music Month here in Aotearoa. Well, here on Te Ahikā, it's Māori Music Month. For the next four weeks, we're profiling musos and artists who are kaupapa Māori all the way, kicking off with a blast from the past, well, two of them anyway. Tune Reedy and Jerry Bantz were founding members of Te Rākauhua o Te Waotapu, a Wellington-based theatre group in the 1980s and 1990s that produced works like John Broughton's Michael James Manaya. And was the starting point for some pretty talented people like Nazi Y writer Bri Grace Smith. It's her film The Strength of Water that's doing the international film circuit at the moment. Justine spent time with Reedy and Bance where they kicked back in the studio and did what they do best, acoustic styles. Here's a teaser. Little girl, take my wing You broken world, my love I'll sing Distorted sounds through your life It's left you scarred from a lover's night Do you look like a queen You battle her to freedom, see Stay tuned for the next 50 minutes, you'll hear the rest. From one Kaupapa Māori theatre group grounded here in Aotearoa in the 1990s to another some distance away in London during the 70s. Keskadi Theatre in Islington was a gathering place, kind of like an urban marae for black peoples. That's how Tingi Ness and Dennis O'Reilly saw it when they visited and suggested the group travel to Aotearoa on a kind of cultural exchange. 30 years later, they're having a reunion, and for one, Jekyll Sanderson is bittersweet. She met her husband, the late actor, writer and director Martin Sanderson at the event when she travelled with the group that first time. I, mean, I think Cascade coming here was an eye-opener to a whole lot of us. I mean, some of, some of the people in the Cascade, Aroha from Cascade, had never left London, you know. Mm. It was the first big trip for them. And to come and be faced with spending the night in Marais and, you know, hearing... Uh, a language. A language. Not just uh, English or, you know. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a shocker to quite a yeah. lot of us. You know, and um, cultural shock in a sense. But look and, at you, you, <laughs> you ended up staying. I ended up, <laughs> no, I went back and came back, yeah, and <laughs> stayed. Yeah, but I'm, I met an interesting person and, um, yeah, <laughs> was, uh, I just hope, wish he was here with us to have this 30 mm. years on. And you're but, talking uh, about your husband, Martin Sanderson. Yeah, yeah, but he'll be there. Robbie Shilliam and Wanjiko Sanderson will be talking about Keskadi Aroha later on in the programme. Coming up is a man on a mission. Well, it certainly feels that way. The inexhaustible Tane Mahuta Grey. I'm Mariah Rakraku. I'm Justin Murray. Kick back, relax and enjoy insight into the Māori world here on Te Ahika. listening to Te Ahika, Radio National. He's an identical twin, father, husband, choreographer, dance tutor and all-round focused professional. And for the next few months, totally absorbed by the inaugural Māori Dance Festival, Kōwhiti, that he's created with his sister, Medinia Gray and Jenny Stevenson. 
Well, kinda. There's the small matter of the Erupt Festival in Taupo with the students he teaches at Fitirea Polytechnic to get through and another trip to China. Uh, ko tāne mahu te grei toku ingoa, uh, no um, te whangarui a tara e noho ana, um, a hau um, mō taku oranga, uh, ko uh, no naitahu me rangi tāne, uh, ko he, he whangai no Waikato hoki, he tainui ne. Kia ora tāne mm. mahuta. Now, you have just returned from China. Yes, yes. I was uh, very lucky to be um, a part of a team that went uh, with the Wellington City Council um, um, to perform at the opening ceremony of the World Trade Expo in Shanghai. So the, definitely the biggest event I've been a part of in my life. It was amazing in terms of a, um, an opening. Um, we went with Eleanor um, and... The violinist. The violinist, the, with, with a, a, her symphonic haka, which was combined with... Um, um, we were here at Merlin Maxwell and Tehi Connections and Zane Tewurumu Jarvis was our singer. So it was combining three violinists with an opera singer and then 19 kapahaka was the, the job I was given to do to put it together and sell New Zealand on the stage. And we were very lucky. We were the Oceania re- representative. So um, only six or seven international countries were actually chosen to be a, a, to perform alongside the Chinese um, who were performing the opening ceremony as well. So it was a great opportunity for New Zealand. And, and I think we did a very good job. We were very strong strong act there actually and they were very very happy and impressed with our work How dynamic. Yeah it was, it was great to be able to get the combo, I mean that's kind of what I love doing, the fusion of different ideas and, and I've worked with Eleanor for the last six months now so I've been um, in, in a bid, uh, in a view to actually the, the the tour we're working on is the one coming up in about five weeks time where we'll go to Beijing and Shanghai with the, with, with Kerry Prendergast and the Wellington City Council delegation with our mayor, um, to be part of the performance component for, for that. And um, so having worked with Eleanor on that, it was just great to get this opportunity and the call-up to say, do you want to come and direct this piece for an opening? Amazing. Yeah, when Tom Yuan from the Wellington City Council had was the one who was able to actually, he was the one who had their connection in there, who, who brought brought us in uh, with the Shanghai Festival because Eleanor and um, Te'ehi Connections had performed there and Zane prior. So so I felt like the one jumping on board, a waka already established, <laughs> and, and it was lovely to be able to give... Um, um, my um, um, input into the group too, and, and and hopefully a slightly different vision to what had happened previously. And but I think you know it worked really well. I loved it. You know what though, I don't know how you fit it in because <laughs> you're also leading a huge dance festival that's kicking off around Matariki time. Yes, yeah. Uh, my sister Medania and myself uh, are co-creating with Jenny Stevenson as our producer, Kofiti, uh, which is a um, Matariki Māori festival of contem- Māori contemporary dance. And our our dream here is to reinvigor the sector. Um, we had a, a summit in September, um, October last September last year called the Aitanga to send dance, uh, which Stephen Bradshaw, Delina Wehi Peihana, um, uh, Tai Royal and Moana Nepia facilitated with Crab New Zealand um, to bring our sector together because to, we've been quite siloed off from each other. And the dream here was one of the ideas that Jenny, myself and Medanir brought was to, to create our own festival. And, uh, because this way, is the first ever. It's the first ever of Māori contemporary dance, exactly right. And at Te Papa, uh, from the 24th to the 27th of June and we've got a um, for us it was there were so many interesting ideas of what people were working on at the, that we came across at the summit but on top of the works that people are doing but Atamida you mainly only see their works in Auckland sometimes they come and tour they've toured here twice but not enough to be able to really know what's going on so we've been quite siloed off so we thought 
what's an opportunity to bring us all together, showcase bits and pieces of what we're doing. So it's like a showcase show at Soundings with 12 choreographers and up 10 or 15 minutes of each choreographer. And um, then also we've got free lectures and free performances on the marae, um, uh, Te Onoki Awaiki, um, as well as uh, panel discussions, choreographers' panels, um, and, and panels for Arangatira. And then also we've got three awards for um, life service awards for people who, well, we've never had awards in Māori contemporary dance before. Oh, and dance hasn't had too many. I mean, tempo arts has them as well for, for dance. But um, there's not that much, much has happened for dance. And so I thought we'll take a little bit of foot out, the, out of the Chapman trip there awards. And exactly right. Well, that's where, that's where the, uh, traditionally we've done exceptionally well. But in the contemporary world, it just being a smaller community, I think that's been the case. And then just um, we just felt there's been people who have done, you know, 20, 30 years more, 40 plus service, and never really been recognised in a way that would be wonderful to be recognised. And so that's another um, avenue to the event as well. So over the four days, you'll have uh, the awards ceremony on the Thursday night after the opening night performance. And we also have a, a gala dinner prior to that as well, um, which good old Brendan Pungya is, is going to be um, sharing with us. He'll be doing our MC and guest speaking for it. So, um, and Mary Julian Boynton Wilcox and, not available? No, he wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> so the, and also the local thing, good old Julian, though. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time, Julian, back in the days. And, um, and also um, we've got... Um, Mary Boynton and Tony Huerta will sing. And then you go on and see that uh, some of the 12 best choreographers, mighty choreographers in New Zealand, um, showing their stuff, really, and, and just really trying to create a, um, the sector together. We've really encouraged all the tertiary educations to come. So I work at Fitirea Performing Arts, and um, so they'll be performing um, in one of the, the Marae sessions before um, we, we travel as a group over to Europe. I'll, I'll, I'll meet them four or five days later for the three weeks of sea-off tours as well. So it's a busy period for me. So... Um, very exciting, and um, and also in addition to that, um, uh, New Zealand School of Dance will be doing two works: one of Thai Royals and Tani Mete's um, um, company Okareka, the work they did Hitanga at the New Zealand School of Dance graduation. And then also Medanea Gray, my sister's um, new work, Black Rain, which she worked on them previously last year, will be reworked and developed for its kind of inaugural opening uh, in a professional setting um, at, sound, at Soundings Theatre. So um, and that's, um, it's really nice to get the tertiary graduate, graduating students and the students to network not only with each well, other, like the next but generation. with the employees. Exactly right. Mm. And they get to meet the employers. Um, they'll be the new employees. And then also, I'm trying to, uh, I've been encouraging the design school at Fitidaya and we're trying to get contacts with as well through Miranea to come in and be a part of it so that we've got the costume designers and the set designers meeting the choreographers and we're just building formations of new partnerships that could see the next companies built in the next five to ten years so it's that's the the, uh, the, the vision for this festival on top of providing some top quality work because as you know it's about building far away and so you meet each other and then you meet each other over the years you re-meet each other and it's establishing those connections and those relationships it's exactly that and I think the I mean if we can build an extended phenomenon the tongue of the whole oh. of our sector and and I think what's happening is I really believe there's a bit of a renaissance coming through and I, I know at the same time there's the Māori Playwrights uh, Festival that's happening at the same time and um, Te Kaupo is on at BATS, Te Reo Aroha's on at Circa I mean and we're on at Te Papa so kind of um, in terms of Māori performing arts we've claimed Wellington and we've got um, a real good hold of it it'll be a great period of June where um, you'll get to see great Māori works and then I know in July um, Takirua goes there with Mark Twain and Mia Māori Land uh, 
a reworked version from what was seen at the festival. So there's, yeah, it's a lot coming back. So I really feel like we're in a, a really exciting renaissance period. And there's just interesting work, really interesting work coming out. That's why we're, we're committed, where we're putting our houses on it to, to get our, um, to get this up, our sect up and, and alive as well. Just because it's so important, you know, and we've, we've, um, it, bringing us together, we're stronger as a group than we are as one. As, as they say in the saying, te tō takitahi, engari he tō takitini e. So, um, yeah, it's uh, trying to live up to our tūpuna's um, whakaaro and uh, whakaaro rangatira for us and, and, and finding that way to um, build the whanaungatanga to the people together. Oh, the, um, the other thing that with Whitirae on is they've got Taupo Festival called the Rut. Stu James, the um, artistic director there and manager there, has asked us um, to come in and perform for three days um, in Taupo, which is really, really exciting for us. And the dates are, um, it's actually this Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 9th, 10th and 11th. Tomorrow we're in Taupo for the Erupt uh, Festival, Day Performing Arts, and they'll be performing on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Monday at Taupo Nuiya Tia College, uh, 9.30, 1.30 and 6.30. And then on Tuesday, Tauhara College uh, at the same times. And then on the Wednesday, we go down to Turangi at uh, Te Kura Turangi for 9.30 and 1.30 shows as well. So try and catch us there and see a full bracket of Māori, Samoan, contemporary dance and um, and, and uh, Cook Island dance. And uh, the Utu is need to check on the Topol Festival website because it's different for each show as it goes through. Tāne Mahuta Gray talking about the upcoming performances of his students in Taupo and Kōwhiti, the very first contemporary Māori dance festival that'll be in Wellington from the 24th to the 27th of June. And the website details of the Erupt Festival that he spoke about in that piece is at our website radionz.co.nz forward slash theahika. Closer to the time, Tāne Mahuta will be back with us. Now, it seems June will be going off as there's a number of kaupapa Māori Māori events in Wellington. Remember, it's Matariki time. That's when we herald in the new year. We have two Māori plays. There's Te Kaupoi by Fiti Hereaka and He Reo Aroha by Jamie McCaskill and Media George. A Māori Writers Development Festival that Tawata Productions is facilitating and Kōwhiti. Busy time, Mariah. Ida, Justine. Whānau mā, do head to our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika for photos and you can even sign up to our weekly newsletter. We love getting feedback. In fact, thank you very much for the feedback we've received over the past couple of weeks. It's been very encouraging. Keskadi Theatre in Islington, London may well have started off as a youth centre, but in the 1970s it became much more. A type of urban marae for black writers to meet, corded or share meals and create music and theatre. Meanwhile, over here in Aotearoa, urbanisation is at its peak as Māori move from rural homelands to cities. The economy is steadily shifting from primary to the secondary sectors, and as a result, it's Māori and Pacific peoples who are taking up the jobs on chain gangs, building roads and on factory floors. Now, at the same time, all over the world, poor people, predominantly because, let's face it, it's our most vulnerable who feel the economic effects first, are starting to get together. Sovereignty movements are springing up everywhere. We have occupations, sit-ins, and people are talking, singing and shouting about change. All over Europe, the States and here in the Pacific, encounters are taking place. And one interesting one that occurred was between Māori and a black theatre group from London in the 1970s. I'm Robbie Shilliam and I'm a lecturer in international relations at Victoria University. 
My name is Wanjiko Kearie Sanderson, and I'm a poet, actor, an artist in general, and I live in Otaki. Oh, welcome, Kordua. Now tell me about this kaupapa, Keskede Aroha. What's that all about? Well, Keskede, when I, I was there in the 70s, I left Kenya in 1977. I was going to drama school, Lada, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of stuffed up in a sense of I did um, the audition in Julius Nyerere's Kiswahili, Julius Caesar, and um, went to the BBC and uh, they said, um, the Kiswahili less um, language while service, and they say, "Oh, there's this centre that you know that's really doing progressive theatre, black theatre, professional. It's called Kiskid in Islington. Why don't you just uh, we'll give them a ring and send you there and see what they say?" And I arrived there, and this guy called Jegede from Nigeria came to meet me, and um, Oscar, who was a director, said. We've been waiting for an African from straight from Africa to come and join us. So welcome. So I was there, um, seventy-seven onwards. It was a theatre, a cultural centre, library, black food. Only did black theatre with people, writers like um, Edgar White and Derek Walcott, Robert Saramaga, you know, and 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 music. And the, it was also a youth centre for the uh, street kids, so-called rude boys. So it was a combination of very important um, aspects of black life, not just as a theatre for me. It was important that that centre was functional and had place for us as professional actors. And that's how I came to join Kiskidi. So to me, it sounds like what you've described is a marae. Yes. <laughs> For us in London, that was where we met. That's where we, we articulated our beliefs, our ideas. That's where black writers, that's, that was their centre. People like Linton Quincy, Quincy Johnson, the poet, he was working there. So you look like people like Edgar White, one of my best playwrights. I mean, that was his centre people, directors as wonderful as Rufus Collins, that was his... So that's, that was our Marai. And that was very progressive, especially in the 70s. It was the only professional black theatre in a cultural centre with such a huge identity. And so are we talking uh, black people who... How many generations had they been in England at that, at that stage? Or were there variances... There are variances. Mm. I mean, uh, Oscar by then was in his 60s or late 60s. Mm. There were youths who were, what, 12, 13, 14, people like me who was in early 20s. So it was a mixture of generation, and the feedback was very important. Mm. I think it's quite interesting, um, that thing about the generations, because uh, my understanding is is that the the Keskidi Centre was trying to um, accommodate um, first or second generation youth especially and to try and help them to retain links to their right. to their parents or grandparents' cultures in a quite an unforgiving racist so if city. So if we were to look at it in a, in a, sense, in a Aotearoa context, mm. we're looking at 
I mean, th- that's in a huge scale, urbanisation. Mm. Yeah, yes, exactly. And yes. I think that's one of the interesting correlations between the, the Keskidi in London and then the Keskidi Aroha tour here is that, it, you know, the, the target audience was not too dissimilar in some ways, although it went all around the country, right? So it yes. went to rural areas as well. Mm. But a very similar issue about, you know... Identity. Identity, urbanisation, mm. unforgiving cities. Yeah. Mm. So how does a black theatre group hook up with a bunch of Māori here in New Zealand? <laughs> I, I think um, Dennis O'Leary and, um, and Tingi. Tingi Lonis. Yeah, and the collective from Aotearoa had a lot to do with that. And I remember Dennis and Tingi coming to um, Cheskidi to actually see what we were doing, whether it was relevant for Aotearoa or not. And it was amazing, you know, just seeing people. I mean, we were not exposed to that sort of meeting. I'm guessing you was, didn't even know where New Zealand was. <laughs> yeah, well, we did. Um, coming from Africa, our history lessons were very sharp. I mean, we, knew where, we didn't know about Aotearoa, but we knew about sheep in a place called New Zealand. Yeah, but uh, Tingi coming and, and, and um, Dennis was very important for, I think, and the collective organising from Aotearoa for us to come here. So it ended up being a kind of exchange, isn't it? So at that time, Tingi Lones was in Polynesian Panthers, uh, he's known more widely now as a musician. And Dennis O'Reilly was connected in with... Youth workers stuff. And, youth workers, yeah. and he's become, identif- you know, in later years, he's become strongly identified as an advocate for mm. the black power. Mm. Yes. And so the time that they went over to Keskadi, there was here in Aotearoa, we were going through land marches, uh, Natamatoa was forming, there were occupations taking place all around the Mutsu, uh, and the similarities here that they were seeing over there. And then, of course, it became probably became quite obvious that we should all get together. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things, which, which, as far as I understand the story, is that um, one of the initial impulses for Dennis to go overseas was to um, was to bring back Bob Marley. <laughs> And you know what, Bob Marley came But he there. was already coming. <laughs> so uh, so they found Keskidi and brought Keskidi back. <laughs> but it's interesting because it, 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 I think what's quite important as far as I understand the story is how these, um, how, how these experiences about racism, the legacies of colonialism, how they're quite global in their scope and in their, in their resonance and and how it's very to me it's always amazing how people can pick you know things which seem to be very far away but find a resonance in it and then find some kind of um application uh of it where they are which is its own particular place right but nevertheless to find some kind of connection not always smooth but you know it says something about the um about the place and i think that it's interesting that in 
in London at the time, there were very similar calls or, or um, dissuasions against doing these kind of global hookups for for the, for the black population in London, just as there was here. You know, oh, you can't. You know, I think one of the letters which came from when the documentary was. Um, shown on TV. What documentary? Uh, uh, the documentary Keskidi Aroha. Keskidi Aroha, uh, made by Martin Sanderson and Merata Mita. It was television mm. documentary. And when was it made? It's 79. It was from yeah. Des We Toured. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was televised on TV, and then uh, in the archives you can find a letter sent to the Ministry of Internal Affairs uh, from... You know, Mr. A angry <laughs> from Nelson or something, <laughs> saying, um, you know, saying the, you know, the violence, violent and ridden, hate filled, you know, ghettos of London has no comparison with New Zealand, so people shouldn't be dealing with it. Yeah, it says a lot. It says a lot about the country, mm. about Aotearoa. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of denials. There still is, you know. Uh, but with the similarities are so obvious. With what I mean, Kiskidi being where it was in Islington, um, I mean, the the the, the neighbourhood, you know, objected to it. I mean, they were saying there's a gang, youths, kids coming here, and this is, you know, um, it's not good to have that centre like that. So there was a lot of objection, but um, from from black point of view, it was one of the most positive things that was happening in London as far as arts and culture was concerned because there was nowhere else. Yeah. And I'm guessing yeah. that when Keskiri came here to Aotearoa, it ended up being quite heartening for Tingilones, for Miratameta, for all that crew who were working on sovereignty issues here in Aotearoa. Now you're having a reunion Yes, um, it's going to be held up at the uh, University of Malai, Tehadanga Waka, 15th and 16th of May, so over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, the, the, the purpose of it is to bring back um, people who were significantly involved in the, in the organisation of the, the tour here um, and to bring them back together after 30 years and to have a retrospect on it. Um, and I think one of the important things about it is that, well, I, I mean, firstly, there are some quite, you know, a lot of the people involved in it had already done very significant and interesting things and then went on to do more interesting and significant things. So it's a kind of, um, you know, it's a moment in time which which deserves, you know, a, a retrospect and a recognition mm. and a retrospect. And um, and also, I think, for for the idea of remembering, because... It seems to me that um, these very these 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 endeavours, which on the face of it seem to be quite bold and maybe even reckless and crazy, at the time, if you think about them a little while later, you you actually get a perspective on them, and they actually bring to bear some quite important currents and issues, and it's important to remember them because they actually make you think slightly differently about the present. And about the the you know the possibilities of the present. So, what's your interest in it? You're from your English. You've been in New Zealand for three years. In some ways, you have very much an outsider perspective of mm. Aotearoa and New Zealand as well. Mm. Mm. Well, um, back in the UK, I was um, researching um, things to do with Rasta. Uh, I'm a political scientist, but uh, you know. More of the more of the politics and less of the science, 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was researching Rasta and um, the Black Americas and New World slavery and all that kind of stuff. And so um, uh, my wife and I came here pretty randomly. Um, and then as soon as I got off the plane, I was seeing all that, you know, geez, there's Rasta's here and there's Bob Marley everywhere. Yeah. Right, and then and, and have huh? you even been to rural Aotearoa yet? Bob Marley is everywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. And the thing which really surprised me, and this is my naivety, is that you know it's very obvious when you're growing up in Britain that there are there are direct and continuous colonial links. So there's no surprise that Rasta mm. and Black Power and all that kind of stuff gets taken up in Britain, right? I did not expect that in Aotearoa, other side of the world middle of the Pacific, wow. my naivety, but... Uh, you but know. when colonialism has stretched right. out this far, right. you know? exactly. And so, of course, the responses to it are right. similar. Right, exactly. So that was a really interesting and important thing for me to see, and so I kind of just stopped all the work that I was doing and thought, right, must look at this. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Wendy? Is this the first time that you're going to be seeing these people after 30 years? Um... I've been in touch with Merit, of course, um, over the years. Um, yeah, a few of them quite I haven't seen for quite a few, for quite a long time. <laughs> and here um, we're here in Aotearoa. I guess we all got scattered in all sorts of directions. But this is the first time we're all going to have a get-together after 30 years. And to me, it's it's an honour and would be quite an interesting weekend and I'm looking forward to it. And um, There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, there'll and, be lots of kai, and, uh, heaps and, of music. And seeing myself on the Keskidi film 30 years ago, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very encouraging. It's very encouraging. I, I can still do those things. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I think Eskidi coming here was an eye opener to a whole lot of us. I mean, some of, some of the people in the Keskidi Aroha from Keskidi had never left London. You know, mm. it was the first big trip for them, and to come and be faced with spending the night in Marais and you know hearing. Uh, a language, a language, not just uh, English, or you know, um, it was it was it was a shocker to quite a lot yeah. of us, you know, and um, cultural shock in a sense. But look and, at you, you <laughs> you ended up staying. I ended up. No, I went back and came back. Yeah, <laughs> and stayed. Yeah, but I'm, I met an interesting person, and um, yeah, <laughs> was, I just hope, wish he was here with us to have this. 30 years on. And you're but, talking uh, about your husband, Martin Sanderson? Yeah, yeah. But he'll be there. Now I'm really looking. And, I, and of course, um, I've con- um, Robbie has made contact with a lo- lot of people. I was working in the theatre with uh, with Keskidi, and now we're, co- you know, communicating. So you've done uh, quite Is well. the whole crew coming coming over here? Ah, no. Yeah. Um, what we're hoping it to do is a little Skype video oh, link up. Excellent. Yeah, uh, and there's a there's a number of people which uh, know about it. And uh, I went back to London in December and met up with um, a, a few of them there. Um, and they have very vivid memories, 
30 years later and very vivid memories and you know all of them said it really made an impact on them in, in, a, in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh, rasters because Keskidi came with a, uh, a raster band called Rast Messengers and um, they've uh, and I think that was probably after Bob the the the, the you know the next raster band which, which but one which actually toured a lot of the North Island right and I think there were reports that uh, Bob Miley was seen in Gisborne, but it wasn't Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's John right. It was a rash messenger. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they, you know, they, one of them still got their their Darko, which they got given and oh, took it out and tried mm. to remember, you know, mm. and so very it deep is, impression. It was very important, and it still is in New Zealand um, Aotearoa history. I mean, he was a black group theatre group as well as musicians performing in marais in prisons in you know Arohata prison you know maximum prison I mean really it was it, it, it made a huge huge historical significant for me and for me to have carried on here and started um, Africa Connection Aotearoa which is um, theatre cultural you know, exchange and, you know, political plays, African plays, because you don't hear much about African writers here. No. And... Um, and Ngugiwa Thiongo oh. is a close friend of ours. He stayed with us when he came last time. And uh, <laughs> and so those are, those are the issues that arrived, came out of Kiskidi tour. And for me, the, I, I was so concerned that they just don't die. So we've carried on. Martin and I just took on the, the whole movement and from an African point of view and people like Ngogi, Charles Mungoshi, plays by Ale Megzabe, you know, Wale Shinka. You can hear from Africa Connection Aotearoa. So it's still alive, still going. <laughs> The reunion for Keskidi Aroha is next weekend at the Hiringa Waka Marae Victoria University, Wellington. And it sounds like it'll be a party, all right. It's New Zealand Music Month. And we're making it Māori Music Month here on Tahika. We'll have artists on the show and album reviews all through the year. And what better way to kick off our coverage by having some of the guys from Soul Power jam out some tunes. They released their debut album, Poor Hewa, back in 2001, which got a lot of iwi radio play. And in between, you've been gigging, not an easy feat when it's your hobby as such, and you hold down full-time jobs. And getting together does prove to be a mission too, with its eight members scattered around the country in Wellington, Auckland and Te Waipounamu, the South Island. Uh, ko te rei rei ahau, no Ngāti Prou, a tōku iwi, uh, tipu ai ahau i uh, Wanyomata, e roto e whanganui ātara, uh, ko ina te temu. Yeah. Kia ora, and we also have Jerry in the whare. Kia ora, Jerry. Oh, kia ora, kia ora. Um, tell me about um, you know, where, where you were born and raised. Uh, born raised Auckland, pretty much lived all over the place, now based in Dunedin. Yeah. Cold down there? Yeah, there's a drought down there. But <laughs> the rain's coming. Drafty. I think the rain's come. <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, Soul Power, it's New Zealand Music Month, doing a little bit of a, what well, we're doing a tribute uh, on Tiahika about, uh, um, well, Waiata Katoa, really. Soul Power, how long today have you guys been together? Have you been friends? Have you been. Yeah. Uh, the actual band 
uh, or the group itself, uh, me and Jerry started that in 2001. And, uh, but then pretty, pretty much immediately his brother Morris joined. Um, and we've been playing r regularly but intermittently since then. Um, we released an album in 2002. Pōhewa. Pōhewa. And um, so we've, that's how long we've been together. But before that, uh, me and Jerry used to <laughs> write a lot of music for uh, professional theatre, Māori and, and non-Māori um, theatre. Did you? Yeah, it's true. Tell me more about that. How did that begin? Like um, actual pro like Māori productions? Or? Yeah, probably under the um, tutelage of um, Jim Moriarty, really. Back in the day when uh, we, were, we, were, we were young and and everyone Had just seemed to do... It. Yeah, everyone just did shows, you know, like all, a lot of us. You know, we either... There was Takidua and there was theatre. Jim would... You know, like people would go get a part-time job. Our part-time job was doing a, doing a show at night and getting paid for it. So it was like that. Um, so then um, obviously Jim's still carrying on with... Um, but basically that's where we've got a lot of our experience just doing it, really. Writing the uh, music and music. I'd, I'd be acting the shows and then half the time play the music and <laughs> yeah. act. And, uh, so you'd yeah. not only be on stage, but you'd also be composing music? Yeah, oh, yep. the idea yep. was that you did everything. So yeah. Jim always encouraged, you know, look, we'll write it, um, we'll put it on and we'll rehearse it. And, you know, we'll do it all ourselves. So it was like that. Is there one particular show you could perhaps draw on? Oh yeah, well, you, Jerry wrote all the music for uh, Michael James Manaya. So we went to the Edinburgh Festival of that in '92, I think, and um, I think we came third, third out of all the shows. At the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, so um, pretty much all the um, shows have a similar kind of theme. Um, Another show was um, uh, Napuke uh, in the wilderness without a hat. That was. Um, Hone play, and we we went back in 1990. We were down there, and we did a show and a uh, festival, and didn't even got to meet him. Hone and really got to meet him quite. I mean, he's an iconic man. He's a great poet, man, mm, and he was, we used to, he used to come over after the shows and just uh, hang out and uh, just hang around. We play, and, uh, and he was great. And um, oh gosh. Uh, 1981 by John Broaden. John Broaden. We, that was another show. It's about the Springbok tour. We did that in '96. Uh, that was probably the last thing we done. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly around the early '90s. So yeah. It was. Um, so theatre was was good money. It, it was well with Jim. I mean, he was he used to pay you, you know. Uh, but a lot of the the a lot of the theatre jobs that out there are paid by cooperative. So you see what money you get at the end of it, and you split it up, and it can be a ten dollars. It could be <laughs> quite a lot. It just was, but uh, real. But the the difficult thing was probably the time uh, you have you have to give all your time to the rehearsal and then the shows, um, and it's really put a lot of energy into it, like the actual physical energy, and yep. then you just take it's a lot of time and a lot of commitment. Wow. So so how did did working in in the theatre strengthen you you musically? Did you have to learn a lot of instruments, or did you already? Yeah, well, you, because you had to do it on the spot, or else um, have to perform things you've never done before. You you got used to uh, believing in that you can do it, even if you couldn't do it. You know, and making mistakes and then moving on. So the biggest but improv lesson, the yeah, I mean the, the the biggest thing that I ever learnt was that it's okay to make a mistake, just move on. So when you're doing theatre, and you make a mistake on stage, you can't stop. You know, you got to keep all, all music. So 
So there were a lot of opportunities for us to just believe in ourselves, and it doesn't really matter if if it doesn't go well. That show, well, the next show will be better. I'm with the guys from uh, Soul Power, talking to Today Ready and uh, Jerry Bents, and. Uh, Guys, we're going to um, go to a jam now. What's this? Tell me about this next song you're going to sing called Wings of Love. Well, it's a song by written by um, Jerry's brother Morris, Bents, and um, he wrote the English words and, and the music, and we've put some Māori words in the first verse, and uh, so oh. that's what we're going to do. So a little bit of bilingual flavour there, eh? Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Love 
Now, Soul Power, you had the, um, was it a privilege or amazing adventure of going to Vancouver recently um, for the Winter Olympics. Tell us about that today. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny when <laughs> you say it. And on your you were fundraising, weren't you? You were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, looking for sponsors. Absolutely, yeah. And um, so we were... We applied to uh, every Olympics winter and summer has a arts festival that runs alongside it called the Cultural Olympiad, and it's a it's a big it's very big you know, and um, in Canada in Vancouver for this particular one they had a, a Aboriginal sort of element to it um, because they have uh, they had an Aboriginal people's partner to the games full partner called the Four Host First Nations representing the four uh, iwi in the Vancouver region, in the British Columbia, sort of around Vancouver. And so um, they were they were looking for um, people to apply to um, perform as part of that. So we, we applied and uh, we went through the process and we got uh, so selected and we were lucky enough to be invited over. But we still, they, they pay for certain things, but to take eight of us over to Vancouver, yeah. you know, that's uh, that took Huge a bit expression. of work. So we did a lot of fundraising and had some great sponsors. Uh, we had uh, um, Creative New Zealand. Creative New Zealand would have been they helped. Uh, City Cleaning Services, uh, Lance uh, Petullo and the guys in Auckland. Uh, we had uh, DK Signs up in Auckland. Um, we had uh, the Wānanga Aotearoa helped us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just getting in the plugs here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's cool. <laughs> you mentioned Auckland companies. Are most of the members based in Auckland? Um, yeah, I'm I'm in um, Dunedin, and um, yeah, basically Wellington and Auckland. Two, three in Wellington, th- four in Auckland, and uh, one in Dunedin. One in Dunedin. So you had to like kind that. of Two, I three, in some, uh, three in Wellington, three in on Auckland. Phone a lot and saying, guys, you know what are we doing? Do yeah, blooming uh, Jetstar and Air New Zealand and all that. Got a. I was <laughs> glad that they had their specials. Put it that way, you know, yeah, grab a seat and always all that. helps. Yeah. We were actually there for nearly three weeks. Um, fantastic, yeah. because we had certain gigs booked with the Four Host First Nations, but then we um, uh, through a guy called Tewani Joseph, who is actually half Maori, but he's the CEO of the the Aboriginal group. He grew up there. His father was a, 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 a yeah Maori, but um, yep. so we met him. Fantastic, amazing guy. Gosh. And through him, he w- we were able to go to events like ice hockey and go to the corporate box. And oh, places cool. you, you wouldn't get to see, yeah, you know. All eight of the Soul Power crew yeah. went. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Stayed with him. It was great, yeah. Yeah, we had about um, four booked gigs when we went there. But while we were there, we picked up about another ten. Just just big word of mouth. We got invited to, we played at um, this big pavilion they put together with a huge inflatable dome. Uh, so we played there. We played at. Um, uh, then we got invited to. Oh, we played the Talking Stick Festival, which is an Aboriginal festival that was on at the time in town. Then we got invited to things like. Um, oh my gosh, the <laughs> Lieutenant Governor, who's like the Governor General of British Columbia, Aboriginal guy. His private sort of uh, function for the Olympics at this really exclusive club we think my gosh what's happening yeah, look, yeah. what the heck people running, walking around with tra- trays and you know all that sort of carry on and we played at the aboriginal tourism expo and at the artists expo this big building they had aboriginal artists we're just getting off it you know all of these gigs so once you're there and they know you're there yeah uh, they they really interested in you especially when they found out you know you're maori you're pacific someone 
they they really loved it, eh? Justin Murray here. I've got uh, Soul Power and the Fare today and Jerry. It's New Zealand Music Month, boys. What's your perceptions of New Zealand Music Month? Brilliant. Great. Uh, fantastic. It, it gives a time of the year you can focus on New Zealand music. You might say it should be the whole year, but it actually gives a, a real time to focus on it and push it, and so I think it's fantastic from that, that yep. perspective. Yeah, no, that, um, it's great. I mean, you know, the bands these days and the singers um, that have come up, um, brilliant. Um, I think there weren't too many Māori and, and uh, Pacific uh, singers back um, when, when we were younger. Not make it, not making yeah, it that big. Not make it that big. Um, Mark Williams and John Stevens. Yeah, those, those ones. Guys, yeah. yeah. Man, they were awesome. But, <laughs> you know, now with the range, you know, the range you're getting right across the music spectrum, then, then the New Zealanders, you know. From the feelers to fat fetties drop, um, to individual singers like um, um, Anika Moore yeah, Holly to Smith. Holly Smith, you Holly know Smith, those ones. Yeah. You know, real. The range is huge. Once upon a time, it was just um, you know flying nun kind of music, and you know they, they laid the, the groundwork <laughs> for that, and that was great. So it is. It's you know you look back and you know it's um it's so it's just a, a normal part of what you listen to on the radio now, whereas back in the 80s and that yeah. day when uh, you, 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 you quite, yeah, 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 you get the odd one, New Zealand music yeah. making it, and, uh, but... Uh, but you never listen to a lot of it. Yeah. You know, you, you know it wasn't your music now, now it's, it's like... Um, listening right. to international yeah. artists. Yeah, that's right. It's that good and uh, better. And there's more of a connection, you know, when you hear the music and the words in the video, there's there's a strong connection with, with Aotearoa. And then our own friends like Tuari... Mm. Dawson, Dawson. Mm. I mean, he's in our group, and uh, mm. Malaysian, uh, our Malaysian guitarist, Jonas, Jonas, Wijaya, and uh, Rusty, Russell um, McNaughton. Yeah. Um, These guys are young, yeah, young jazz, you know, jazz players, you know. Play so they're up and coming. And so good. you know, just makes us sound really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. So but, what you're saying is, when you, the state of New Zealand music is really healthy, really, oh, really, really healthy. strong, I think. Yeah. And more of our brown. Yeah, brown hair, yeah, that's right. Mm. You know, you've got the ones like um, Macy Rico's coming up. Yeah, yeah, um, she's good. 1814 are on the charts, yeah. I think. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. they're great, eh? You know, Macy, we all went and saw her uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Her and, um, what's the... the Tama? Ta- Tama yeah, Tama Waipara. Waipara. Man, yeah. that's really polished, eh? That guy. Yeah. Yeah, both of them, actually. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Choice. Um, Jerry, today I'd like to thank you for your time. Thank you, thank you so much for coming in no. and um, sharing your your travel um, experiences in Vancouver recently. Your your music, um, future projects. Actually, 2010. Anything happening that we should know of? Um, Seedlings. Yeah, we're just looking at. Um, we want to do some playing around Matariki uh, sort of thing. So we're looking at that, and because we live so far apart, it's actually we've got a plan That's ahead. Right. Um, and uh, hopefully at the, later in the year we'll play some more. But we want to do another album. Um, we've got a lot of new songs, or songs that we haven't recorded. And also next year we want to see if we can go back overseas into to Europe. I can't say where yet because uh, we're just still talking about it and it would be silly if I said it and it didn't happen. Well, um, kia ora today and uh, Jerry. Um, we're going to quickly, um, actually, we're going to sing a, another waiata. Ua Marama Kwe, who wrote this song? Jerry. Yeah, it was um, it was a song about when you're you're lost in the city or um, and you know you're born first or second, third generation in the city and you you know there's something missing and so it's about returning to your culture, you know, kōwaiō, 
all that. So and cool. um, it's also like kua marama. Yeah, where to have you do you have you understood? Yeah, so um, so. it is about returning to your roots and finding learning your history and your past. So that's what that song was about, and it was written because uh, we were doing a show actually, and we needed a song. So generally, yeah. So generally, the songs were written when uh, Jim would go, right. We need a song here. We need it tomorrow. <laughs> so we'd stay up and go, right. Let's write a song. So it was yeah, like that, and it, was, and it was based around these themes. Right. So it wasn't unusual to sit down and write five songs just for that show. Sorry, who night. did you mention, Jim? Was it Jim? Jim, Jim, Jim Moriarty. Jim Moriarty. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. He was the. He was the taskmaster. And that's from your director. album, Pohewa. Uh, it's, on that, on it's, it's on it's on it, on the but it's from sort of yeah. earlier, and it was he was directing that with Dina. Yeah, Owen, Dina Owen at the time. At the time before she sort of went into yeah. the film. What was the name of the production? Sorry, it was called uh, uh, In the Wilderness Without, Without a Hat, Hat by yeah. um, Hone Tufari. Yeah, Hone Tufari. Yeah. Yeah. In the Wilderness. Also, oh, you wrote the song for that production. Yeah, and then yeah. It, then it made he wrote its way the play. And he wrote the play in the seventies, I think, or, or quite a while back. And we wrote, we put the song on top yeah. in nineteen ninety. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that song. And so, when you write the song, do you do you think about um, the, the the composition and the instruments later, or does it all sort of? Yeah, it's always done. Jerry usually yeah. comes up with the tune and the uh, some melody on the guitar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and English lyrics, and I'll, I'll work and write Maori lyrics, and then have a go at uh, at some yeah. chord, you know, build it up. And then once it's done on acoustic guitar, then you can mm. sort of work on it from there.
Soul Power. And for more information about the group and their recent travels to Vancouver, that's right, over at our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. Where you'll also see photos of our studio jam. Anita Atsure Reedy with this week's Whakatauki. Haere maha, mahue maha. Mutually satisfied. Well, to me, that means um, if we all work together, and, and in our case, our group, Soul Power, we've all used our different talents, and we're all from different backgrounds, uh, ethnic backgrounds, and different parts of the country, but we all work together, and we've uh, pretty much achieved what we've wanted to in music so far, and we hope to do that again. So it's about working together to achieve a common goal. Kia ora, Tsurei no Ngāti Nā reire te iwi whānui, kua ea tēnei hōtaka a te ahika. That's us for another week. Kaua e ware ware e hoa mā. We've got episode two of our documentary series, Whakatefa Tefa, coming up on the 30th of May. We sure do. In our first episode, Justine looked at how Māori find love, and I'm investigating concepts of justice, from traditional types to youth court hearings taking place on marae. Ka pai. So are we talking marae justice? Well, in a way... It depends on where the location makes a difference for someone who's offended for the first time. Oh, we. Well, that's just one aspect of my justice. There are various kaupapa that I will be tackling in Whakatefa Tefa coming up at the end of this month. Kapai, And as they say, he kai tērā mo te ne. Food for thought. Next week, Helia Hammond is talking with me about a thesis that morphed into a book, The Parihaka Album by Rachel Buchanan. And Mere Takoko is reviewing the album Ja Rydam from upcoming dub and reggae band 1814.